it's like a whole nother level of intimacy because it can be difficult to open up and confront if we're feeling hurt. It's scary because mm-hmm. you never know how people will react to it, especially divine. <laughs> it's okay to have holy tantrums, but maybe like, don't be a brat. Just be honest. <laughs> like that, there's a difference between the two. Like, just be honest yeah. about how you're feeling. Welcome to a Pondering Heart podcast. We're two friends learning and growing together in our Catholic faith. We'll talk about the triumphs and struggles that we face on our journey. And then we'll dive even deeper. My name is Amina Morrow. And I'm Rachel Wong. Let's ponder out loud together. to this episode of a pondering heart podcast i'm rachel and as always i'm joined with my host or <laughs> i'm joined with my co-host emmy hi emmy hi rachel <laughs> how are you i am well how are you today I am good, thanks. Yeah, it's a rainy day today as we're mm. recording, mm-hmm. so I feel like it almost fits the theme of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, just before we really jump in, as always, we'll start with an icebreaker, and I think it kind of relates, and maybe it'll get us mm. kind of thinking about this, but as many of you saw, uh, the theme for today is, or, or I guess like the bigger question is, can we get angry at God? So, Mm. before we jump into that, my icebreaker for us is, when was a time that you did get angry at God, but in the way that he does, he pulled through? So, would you like me to go first, or do you want to take a stab at that? Please go first, and I will pray about mine (laughs) while you talk about yours. Keep going. In true Catholic fashion. Very true, yes. So, Basically, like as I was preparing for this theme and and this conversation today, one of the examples that has come up and I was going through a lot of spiritual attack maybe a few years back and Mm. it was, I think it was probably shortly after I had my personal reversion back to the faith. So naturally for anyone who's experienced something like that, they have a, a great deal of like zealousness. Is that even a word? But they feel really zealous and they're very on fire for their faith. But I was encountering a lot of people who were trying to really tear me down and Mm. just being like, oh, like you don't really know what you're talking about or, you know, your God isn't real. So just like a lot of animosity. And I was Mm. getting so upset. Like I was praying to God and being like, look, I am trying to be a good Catholic. I put you at the center of my life. I gave my yes to you. Why is there still so much spiritual attack? Now, as a disclaimer, before I share this, I do not advocate for you to be physical with your Bible, (laughs) but here it goes. I was getting very upset, and one day I literally came into my room, and it was a mess, as it typically is, so I was getting very frustrated, and I was already pretty angry. So what happened was I threw my Bible... Again, I do not condone that, okay? (laughs) Warning, I do do not condone that, but I was so frustrated, and I threw my Bible... And I kid you not, it lay open on the floor. Mm. Now, of course, I could have just picked it up in any way and not looked at it. But I thought to just humor myself and maybe whatever was going on. And I looked and it was open to Ephesians 6 uh, verses 10 to 20, which anyone who maybe have a Bible uh, handy right now, that passage in some Bibles is known as the whole armor of God. Oh, wow. 
and it talks about protection from evil and difficulty and turmoil. And I read it and I was like, oh, sorry, God. Wow. Like, so basically this idea that he is protecting me and he's always looking after me. Yeah, I got so angry, but in my anger, he knocked me down a few pegs and he said, hey, I got you. So... Yeah, but like I said, I do not condone throwing your Bible. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't No, no, like, no. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> that is my story. What about you, Emmy? Hopefully no Bible throwing. No Bible throwing. Actually, when Rachel asked me this, I couldn't think of a specific moment. And honestly, right now, I can't think of a specific moment. But an instance that has happened where I felt really angry at God and he pulling through later on a few years ago in like the early stages of my discernment, like in my vocational discernment, because when you're in your twenties or whenever in whatever stage in life, you get really frustrated at not knowing what is supposed to be next. And I feel like a lot of Catholics or at least a lot of people in that sense, like you just want to know the answer. And I have fallen into this trap of just wanting to know like now I have grown so impatient to the point where it feels like I felt that God was holding my vocation hostage and that mm. I needed to know the quote unquote right answer for me to know it. And it frustrated me for years and it took so much like prayer. And mm. and I don't really remember if I was like angry at him directly or like what Rachel and I were talking about earlier, like you can be angry at God, but that doesn't mean that you tell him that. Like that's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. So I've been angry at the whole idea of like, I do not know. Why does everyone else know? That's not fair. <laughs> and currently, like I can tell you that I do not know the answer. And I think that's okay because over time, as I've grown in my relationship with Christ, it kind of just became more clear to me that in that time of silence, that in that time of spiritual growth and spiritual maturity, that he has revealed to me that I don't need to know right now. Like, I just need to trust in him that he will reveal it in his time. And as frustrating as it can be sometimes to not know what I've been asking for for so long, it kind of gives me hope to know that what the Lord has revealed with Rachel, like he is with us. So it's okay. It's okay if I don't know. It's okay if you don't know, dear listener. So it's fine. Um, he will always pull through through the end. Yeah. Oh, that's really beautiful. And I love how we both received very similar, if not almost identical mm -hmm. kind of conclusions. Yeah. But yeah, it's it goes to show to you how personal the Lord is because he's revealed it in very different ways. <laughs> and I can totally empathize with you, Emmy. Like I think in terms of trying to figure out like ultimately like what is our capital v trademark mm -hmm. vocation <laughs> trademark <laughs> what is that and and just mm -hmm. all of life in general it can be really yeah. frustrating but i appreciate your honesty uh that's what we're here for so god bless you <laughs> and god bless all of our listeners just as we go through and fight the good fight i love that you you were talking about that because i think it transitions so nicely mm -hmm. into this topic mm -hmm. You summed it up so nicely where you were saying, you know, we can get angry at God, but how often are we actually honest about that? And I and I want people to kind of come back to that again and again. And as we were kind of jumping on and preparing for this, I was sharing with Emmy that maybe 
A couple of weeks ago now, I was in a conversation with a friend of mine who is maybe a couple years younger than us, mm -hmm. uh, still quite new to her faith. And she asked me this question that I think maybe all of us at some point have asked. But she asked me, like, Rachel, are you able to get angry at God? Mm. And she was sharing about how there were some things in her life right now that weren't going well. And she said similar things to what I had said earlier in my story that, like, I'm a good Catholic. I'm trying to be more active in my ministry and in church and in serving God, but why do I feel like things are still going wrong? But when it comes to me praying, like I feel like it's disingenuous to hide that from God. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I don't know if I'm allowed to get angry right. at him. Mm. So it's almost like, you know, you bring any anger or any baggage that you have, but then the moment that you step into a chapel or a mm. church, you're kind of like, oh, wait, I got to like park <laughs> it off in the side and mm. then go in and pretend like everything is okay. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is perhaps like a common occurrence that happens in many folks' lives, like as we go through our Christian journey. But the big question really is like, yeah, can we get angry at God? So I was wondering maybe to start, Emmy, what are some of your thoughts in terms of like letting God have it in prayer or going off on him okay. or just being ready to fight him? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Just throwing hands at Jesus. <laughs> um, I can totally empathize with the whole idea of like being angry at God and not, not feeling like you're able to tell him that. Um, and a few years ago, like I remember I was talking to a spiritual director of mine about this very idea because I didn't know, like what we were discussing, like I didn't know if it was, if I was allowed to do so, like, is that a mm -hmm. thing that you can do? Like, will I be excommunicated? If I, like, Good told, question. <laughs> like if I was just like, Jesus, I'm mad at you. Is that okay? <laughs> when I was discussing this with my spiritual director, he reminded me that the Lord is the only one that can really taken all of my emotions like he desires mm. for us to be vulnerable with him because he already knows everything like there's no point for us to lie about it as Rachel was talking this verse kind of came up for me it's from 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 and it says mm. cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you and it's true a lot of our anger can be rooted in our worry in our doubt and that can ultimately be comforted and um, resolved by us being open with God because nowhere in the Bible or throughout our lives in their faith does he want us to not tell him things like it would be mm -hmm. so counterintuitive to have a father not want you to tell him about anything like he cares for us so deeply and like what Rachel was saying so personally that it wouldn't make sense for him to not care about what we have to say that's essentially what prayer is like it's a relationship and in order to have a relationship, there has to be a foundation of honesty, of trust, of vulnerability. And the Lord has done that for us already. Like he has appeared in like a piece of bread in a tabernacle. Like he is humbling himself to us so that we may walk forward. It's just mm. for us to take that step forward. And it's hard, but it's worth it. But yeah. How about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's so beautifully put. And you know, you're right in a sense that prayer is a conversation and we, we always talk about our relationship with God as mm. simply that, like a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think about, you know, relationships with people in my life too. And the more that I think about it, 
I, I wonder if it really does come down to personality, but even like for myself, like one of the things that I struggle with is being able to confront. And I don't mean like angry confrontation, like every time I have to get angry at someone, but I do find that I have a hard time verbalizing my emotions, or at least like if I feel like I've been let down or disappointed by someone else, I find it difficult sometimes to verbalize it. In my own life, I guess it's no surprise that I would have difficulty verbalizing that with God. Mm. But like you said, he knows everything. Like even before we get angry, I feel like he's already like 10 steps ahead where he's just like, (laughs) I know you're already going to get angry about X, Y, Z. Or, you know, to use your earlier example, Emmy, like, I know that I still haven't given you an answer and Mm -hmm. it's been five years and I feel like you might snap today, right? (laughs) Slowly and surely. (laughs) Slowly and surely. But he Mm. is able to take on like so much weight. It's like the rubber band that will never snap almost. Mm. Like I think many people use that analogy where it's like when you add so much tension to a rubber band, eventually that'll snap. And that's, you know, us as humans. God is God and he can take on so much. And if nothing else, he just wants to know how we're feeling Mm. and he's not afraid of our weakness or our anger Mm -hmm. and this image came to mind of how you know like in our churches and our chapels everything is so quiet and that's out of reverence and respect for our lord in the tabernacle but like could you imagine yeah if you were to literally throw a fit in a space like that it would look so awkward it would look so (laughs) random and just totally out of place people like what the heck are Mm. you doing And yet, it's this weird dichotomy of, like, we enter and we know that we're not allowed to, like, physically or even verbally go off. But we have, like, these wars inside of our heart Mm. and our mind. I don't know. It's just, like, a very interesting thing that kind of came to mind just as, you know, we're chatting about this. I'm laughing because I have 100% done something like that. (laughs) I call it a holy tantrum. I don't know how holy it is. It's more tantrum than holy. (laughs) And I can tell you from my experience. Okay, I'll tell the listeners because this probably makes no sense. Um, There was a point where I was just very angry because um, I was really going through a low point. So once everyone left (laughs) the parish, I was just crying to a statue of Mama Mary. And it was so weird because I thought someone would like kick me out. But it was one of my most intimate moments with Christ because like I'm telling you, like when you kind of open yourself up to be angry, it's like a whole nother level of intimacy because it can be difficult to open up and confront if we're feeling hurt. It's scary Mm -hmm. because you never know how people will react to it especially divine. <laughs> it's okay to have holy tantrums, but maybe like, don't be a brat. Just be honest. Like that, <laughs> there's a difference between the two. Like just be honest yeah. about how you're feeling. And just on that too, like one of the questions that comes up a lot, I think, and you know, some of your comments have already touched on this, but maybe if we can elaborate even like misconceptions that come up when we think about letting God into our anger, like what are some misconceptions or... I guess like falsehoods or lies that we tell ourselves about, yeah, letting God into our anger or letting him know that we're upset. Right. I think the biggest like misconception about this entire idea is that you're not allowed to be angry. Um, We've been talking about back and forth. It's, I guess, I don't know, like maybe we're afraid of how he will react towards us. Like, it's just like, are we... 
like can we be mad at someone that has been so good to us like it's also like that idea of like can mm. like if i am angry if i show how angry i am towards god to god does that mean that i'm ungrateful for all that oh, he's wow. given me like that's a whole mm. new the whole different story too yeah what are your thoughts on that that's something that i didn't even consider mm. so that's a really good point and i appreciate you bringing that up one of the things as you were sharing it made me think of was you know what if this is like a really small thing mm. because i know that for myself i feel like our anger our feelings our emotions and disappointments are valid mm-hmm. but sometimes yeah. i i find myself almost like stopping it or trying to kind of pave over it because i know that you know there are other people who are going through worse things or more challenging things right yeah, yeah, yeah. so then again i wonder it's like is this even valid like and again it comes back to that question of like am i even allowed to feel angry at the fact that i still haven't received a clear answer mm-hmm. in my vocation mm-hmm. when perhaps like there are some of our brothers and sisters who are suffering from you know severe illness or mm. maybe they just lost their job or whatever it might be so it's almost like you know downplaying my things just because other people have it worse and it's a really hard thing and i know that we have to remind ourselves that like our own pain our own suffering is valid and god still wants to meet us kind of halfway and meet us in those pains just because he knows that even if to the eyes of the world it may seem maybe insignificant right he cares about Mm it yeah i know and i'm like oh okay you care about my struggle and you care about my pain yeah no i love that so much and it just reminds me of like how sometimes in this entire area of like telling god how we feel it's like we've put on a filter it's like confession almost how you don't want to tell him the bad stuff but that's the entire point of confession amen (laughs) right like i feel like there's so many ties to that as well because like in order to understand yourself like you need to be honest to yourself too like you need to yeah like you'll only find self-discovery when you are vulnerable to yourself as well to kind of know and understand what's going on inside of you because Mm. only God can really reveal like your true self. And if we're hiding our true self from him, everything will be so much more foggy if we hide ourselves from the one who can reveal our truest self to us. Mm. So my goodness. Wow. No, I love how you just went. It's like a confession. So (laughs) I love that. Just like literally I saw your brain going deeper. So that's amazing. But you know, you just revealed something that is is quite profound where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, very often we don't want to be honest with God, but in essence, it's really we can't or we don't want to be honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what I find so interesting about that is at no point does God ever force his own hand in the same way that we talk so much about, you know, he doesn't force his love on us. He also doesn't force us into self-discovery mode or, you know, force us into honesty mode with ourselves. Yeah. He allows for us to really slowly dive into that. And as I'm saying that now, I'm kind of realizing perhaps like how much more expedited our process can be in terms of learning about ourselves when we actually take the time to be honest Mm -hmm. and it just comes back to when i was doing some reading about this 
Father Mike Schmitz, he did a complete mic drop, as he usually does. Like, when he was speaking on this issue, just this idea that at the heart of it all, it's a lack of trust. And we Mm. know that it it ties back to, like, that wound of trust in Mm. the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve had a deep distrust about God's goodness, ultimately. So, you know, as you were saying, Emmy, it's because of this, like, lack of honesty with ourselves, like, that's ultimately rooted back to a distrust for God, distrust of neighbor, but also distrust of ourselves. And that is why we have people ghosting each other, people not able to be honest, people Mm. hiding different things, people kind of like paving over or glossing over different feelings that we have. And perhaps the biggest reason why we can't be honest with God or we try and hide different things in confession as well. So I love that so much. And while you were saying, like, it just came up to my head, like, Father Mike, drop. Because <laughs> he just drops so, <laughs> so much Mike drops. Like, it just works with his name. Um, but yes, I 100% agree with the whole idea of, like, trusting God, especially in these topics. Because, like, who else can you really trust with such vulnerable and intimate feelings that you have inside of you? Like, who else would you give that to? Other than the one that loves you most. Mm. Yeah, we're just so scared to do so. Like, it's so unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I think as we remember that, you know, he made us first for love. Like, he made us out of love and for love. And he made us not to suffer uh, needlessly, but for joy. Uh, And in the same way, he just desires to be so, so close with us. And I think that's like really the beautiful thing is that even human relationships are conditional to an extent and God's love is unconditional. So even in those moments where we feel most angry, most upset, most confused and frustrated about things not going the way that we would have hoped, Mm -hmm. it is there that he also wants to meet us. So like listeners, I just invite you to, to spend some time and ponder what is the one thing that is keeping you from being totally honest and totally mm. vulnerable with him? Even letting yourself go off once in a while as we kind of tie this up. I do want to emphasize that we read a lot about anger in the Bible, of course, and we've had many different characters who have gotten angry at God. The one mm. that comes to mind right now is Moses. Um, so he's definitely gotten angry. Hashtag smash the tablets. Um, <laughs> like Rachel's Bible. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. True. <laughs> True foreshadow. But at the same time, you know, it's it's also important for us to get a handle on our anger and have like a healthy relationship with mm-hmm. our emotions. Mm-hmm. So just some things that I've kind of gathered in terms of how we can really work through our anger and how we can be more honest with God. I think the first really is just like in our physical in-person relationships, like the more we spend time in prayer, the more we can hear the voice of God and we spend time with him, then it'll help us, I think, to become more comfortable with him and become more comfortable with who he is in our life. And then hopefully it'll just allow us to be more open to sharing obviously our triumphs, but also our struggles and our disappointments. And as well as going to seek out guidance from someone you trust, like a spiritual director or a trusted friend, and ultimately to persevere. So if you feel any dryness or desolation in prayer, or you feel like you can't open up, Keep trying because the Lord is constantly fighting for us and 
yeah, like he just wants to be with us always and he wants to shoulder our pain and our anger as well. For sure. So on a happier yes. note, because I know that we've been talking about anger, <laughs> um, like pretty much the whole episode, yes. but on a happier mm. note, we will close with what is on your heart. So what's on your heart, Emmy? Okay. So I've been praying about this for the last few days. Okay. So I'll tell you a bit of context. So what's on my heart today is a children's book, actually. Mm. So my background, again, is in ECE, early childhood education. So I have a soft, soft, I have a very like, yeah, yeah, soft a soft spot. Soft spot. That's the word. Soft spot for children's books. And I found this book online. Like it was on Reddit. Someone asked on Ask Reddit, mm -hmm. like, what is one book that stayed with you? So someone said this book called There is a Monster at the End of the Book. And then, so I was really intrigued because they were saying that they helped the main character overcome their fears. And I was like, okay. So I looked into it. Mm -hmm. It's a Sesame Street book. So it's Grover. He's like this blue guy. And then, so he's like, wait, what? There's a monster at the end of the book? So every single page, he's like, no, no, no. Don't turn the page because once you do, we'll get closer to the monster. And I don't want to like, <laughs> like deal with that. So it's so funny because like you keep flipping it and he just like tries everything to not get you flip the book. And then as we get to the end, he's like, oh, I'm the monster at the end of the book. Oh, and um, it just made me laugh so much because how many times have like the anticipation and the fear of the thing become much bigger than what the thing is itself? And it reminded me of like how much I treat things sometimes because I have anxiety and like I worry excessively. And like at the end of the day, like it's so minuscule, but I make it so big, just like Grover. But it gives me comfort to know that it's a children's book. So hopefully children can read it and kind of learn from that as well. But yeah, that's that's me. How about you? Yeah, I just want to really quickly say that's really good. And I wonder if that's the whole reasoning as to why this book was written. Exactly to your point is to help children, I guess, prepare for whatever it might be and just not to blow things out of proportion. But that is so funny. I would probably be the kid that just goes right to the end and just be like, oh, oh surprise. <laughs> Rebel. <laughs> anyway. I think for myself, the other day I was in adoration and I was praying with a passage. And I think many of us are familiar with the parable of the talents. So a nobleman goes off and he leaves his servants with some talents and then two of them are able to multiply them exponentially. The other guy did not. And then he got in trouble. Mm. Basically Cole's notes of that. Um, <laughs> so there is a, a version of it in Luke's gospel that is slightly different. And I don't know, it's one of those stories that you hear a lot growing up and I never really thought too much about it. I thought that I kind of knew the story inside and out. But the verse that stuck with me, and I'm going to totally paraphrase, is deal with this business until I return. And why that stuck with me is just because I feel like I'm in this period right now of waiting. So very similar to what you were describing earlier. Mm -hmm. And I feel really restless just because I want to make a move. Like I want to change something up, but I don't know what it is. There have been no open doors yet. And God hasn't switched any of the stop signs into go signs yet. So I'm just like, where am I supposed to go next? 
But at the same time, like we know that the one servant who didn't do anything, he kind of buried his master's money in the ground. It didn't grow. It didn't do anything. And that verse there about deal with this business until I come back. It just made me think of like, okay, as difficult as the situation is, as frustrated as, as I might be right now, he has an expectation of me to make use of my time. And no matter what it is, like he wants me to find some way to use my time, use the time that he has given to me wisely. He has given me different opportunities. So how can I use that and multiply it as opposed to, you know, kind of sitting on the sidelines and sulking and just waiting for him to return? Because I really felt like that third servant. Usually I, I tell myself, it's like, I'm not that servant. Like I'm much smarter <laughs> no than, way. than him. But mm. this time around, I was like, oh, maybe I have been that third servant. So I think it was just a really good call to action on God's part. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. That's actually really good, too, especially in time of pandemic. Like we can mm-hmm. feel like, no, nah, I don't need to do anything. Everyone's arresting. But no, 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 no. Like what Rachel said, make use of this time. This is not like idle time it's Mm. intentional time and we can do right (laughs) trademark (laughs) there you go (laughs) ah well thank you no that's really great i really love that and yeah just as we wrap up this episode maybe emmy would you be able to lead us in a prayer sure in the name of the father and the son the holy spirit amen lord jesus you are so good And we are sorry that we forget that sometimes, especially in our times of anger, of our worry and our doubt. We pray that you may increase our faith and our trust in you each day, that we may offer up all these things that are keeping us away from you and to open up ourselves to you, to be honest with ourselves and our vulnerabilities and whatever that we feel would make us look bad. Jesus Christ, we ask that you continue to uh, walk with us in this journey of sainthood, of holiness, in your holy name as we pray. Amen. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to a Pondering Heart podcast. You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Pondering Heart Podcast. Join us next time as we continue on our journey to sainthood.